Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. Final segment on a Monday. And there was actually a Facebook uh, post over the weekend. And it's one of those that you look at and you think, yeah, we really got to start thinking a little different about some things. Uh, and so this is what the post says. It says, companies who still want a bachelor's degree for an entry-level job. French literature does not make an insurance appraiser a better, well, insurance appraiser. Unless, of course, Ren or Sergei or Antoinette just wrecked their Renault. <laughs> Get a clue, people. You're missing out on valuable workers who have something called experience. And uh, I love that. Uh, most of you know that uh, I am very passionate about lifelong learning uh, and the fact that not everything fits nicely into a bachelor's degree, especially in today's world. I think one of the sad things that we've missed out on in our society is that we've lost this wonderful thing called an apprenticeship. There are so many who would benefit far more from an apprenticeship than from sitting in a French literature class uh, or hammering through some degree program that may not have all the things they actually need anyway. And this actually goes to a discussion we had last week, and I think it's one worth continuing because uh, things are going to continue to heat up uh, at the state legislature as it relates to education. And it's this whole idea that uh, often in these big institutions, you teach to the average. And it just doesn't work that way. There is no average. And we we cited an example uh, from early in the uh, U.S. military uh, as they were working on cockpit design uh, for pilots in the Air Force. And, of course, wanting to do the most strategic and uh, best job of designing those new cockpits, they measured every single one of the, uh, of the pilots. They got their height, their weight, their arm length, their, uh, how long their legs were, how long their torso was, and this very exhaustive set of measurements so that they could design the ultimate cockpit for performance, which is a good thing if you're a pilot and especially if you're in combat uh, knowing that you can reach the right buttons at the right time easily, effectively, uh, is a life or death issue. So after going through that whole process of measuring thousands of pilots, they came up with the average and they built the cockpit accordingly. And in a crazy but not so subtle way, <laughs> performance was horrible. 
And as they started to evaluate, why were these pilots suddenly performing so terribly in these newly designed cockpits? And the answer, of course, was that they had measured to the average. And there is no average. So there was not a single one out of the thousands of pilots that they measured. There was not a single one that met the average because they all have different variations. Some might have short legs but a long torso. Some might have really long arms or a shorter neck or whatever it might be. And so no one fit the average. They built to the average that didn't exist. And sometimes I fear in our education, that's what we do, is we build to the average, and there is no average. There's nobody there because everybody's unique. And so as we look at things like hiring, if you're an HR manager or a hiring manager of some sort, you got to make sure you look at this thing called experience. Uh, it's not just about whether or not they had a degree. Now, degrees are an important thing. They demonstrate someone's ability to execute, to go through a plan, to accomplish a goal that they set out to achieve. That's all good. That's important. Uh, I remain convinced that the most important thing that anyone who receives a bachelor's degree gets out of that degree is learning how to learn. So the discipline of learning, that's an important life skill. But more important is learning to love learning. Because if you have someone coming to your company and they have a bachelor's degree, so they qualify over someone who maybe doesn't have it, but has some experience. But if that person has lost their love of learning, if the moment their bachelor's degree was completed, they shut the books never to return. If they're no longer curious, that is not going to be a good employee for your business or for your organization. So what you're really looking for is do they know how to learn and do they love to learn? Are they curious? If they're lacking that, if they're not going to be a lifelong learner, they're going to be a pretty mediocre employee. And so both from an education standpoint, we've got to quit building to the average because there is no average. We need to make sure we're creating space for students to adapt and adjust according to what they need. Uh, and where they're headed. And that includes apprentice programs, I think, that are so incredibly lost and so valuable. And so you have to you have to figure that out. Uh, if you're a hiring manager, if you're going through an interview process, uh, don't be fooled uh, by the letters behind the name or the name of the institution that they went to. Those are good. Those are important. Uh, but you really got to look at something beyond that if you're going to determine, is this person going to come in and settle in or is this person going to come in and continuously learn and grow and develop and get better? Uh, I'd take that person six ways to Sunday. Uh, as we move through the, the school year and get towards graduation season, uh, one of the great speeches of all time, 1943, Winston Churchill delivered a graduation speech. Uh, he actually did it at Harvard, by the way. Uh Churchill, in that speech, somewhat prophetically predicted the collapse of the world's most dominant military and political empires, and that the world would then enter a new phase of development. He clearly got that right. Uh, in this speech at Harvard, he said this new phase would be one where creativity, innovation, ingenuity, and personal initiative would rule the day. And then I love this line. 
Churchill said that the empires of the future will be the empires of the mind. And Churchill got it right, Uh, especially here in America. We have been on a fast-track revolutionary development, technological breakthroughs, transformational products, services. Uh, We now experience more changes and innovation in one of our 24-hour days than than in decades of our grandparents' lives. And so you really have to look for the knowledgepreneurs, uh, like entrepreneurs, but knowledgepreneurs. Uh, They're the ones that are always in demand. They're forever learners, and they're most successful. They're the most highly compensated, regardless of their field of endeavor and regardless of what their bachelor's degree was in. And so formal learning has its place in preparing students for careers in life, but learning cannot be limited to the classroom. We've got to think bigger. There is no average. We've got to find more. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.